Welcome back to the Racial Draft Podcast. I am your host, Michael Ford, joined by luminaries of the Racial Draft uh, from the Latinx delegation, Carlos. Yo, yo, the champ is here. <laughs> Let's get this. Season starts. Let's go. <laughs> also joined by the grand guest, uh, one might call him a wizard of drafting, um, from the white delegation, Gordy himself. Um, you know, he is, he, is the, he is the guest of honor because it is white week on the racial draft uh, that has just been concluded. And, uh, you know, we might as well just dive right into the draft business. But before I do, if this is your first show, I apologize, but we are going to do what we do every week, and that is change the complexion of the comic book universe one draft pick at a time via the racial draft. And we have just concluded 12 weeks, 108 draft picks, bids of flying, whole bunch of money changed hands in the metaphorical sense. And, and we concluded with a run of seven straight white characters, thus white week. Uh, it's like Shark Week, except the, the whites are even greater. Um, I'm sorry. It's ex- it's exactly like Shark Week. Uh, I love that it's White Week, and it took like four minutes for me to get a word in edgewise. But that's all right. <laughs> well, I mean, White Week ended. Now we're back to, uh, you, know, no, you know. The week isn't over until the podcast happens. So <laughs> it is White Week until the end of this podcast. I all was right. uncomfortable. I was uncomfortable with the words grand and wizard being used. So I did not <laughs> want to say a lot. But then Carlos decided to quote white people to start, and it made me feel better because when you scream the champ is here, everybody thinks John Cena. Uh, I mean, whitest. If you don't think of Muhammad Ali or Jadakiss, you know that is just another example of John Cena appropriating black culture. And I uh, didn't know the John Cena connection. It was definitely thinking about Muhammad Ali. Yeah, yeah. You see. Uh, Ali did it Ali did it for, and then uh, Rumble in the Jungle um, and I think that Jadakiss did that for the champions here and right around the time that the song was blowing up John Cena became the US uh, US champion and he started doing it and of course uh, White America embraced it wholeheartedly and in that same spirit uh, let's talk about the characters that White America may or may not embrace wholeheartedly via the racial draft. Because uh, I, gotta, I gotta be honest, I expected a little bit more controversy from the white delegation. I was uh, pleasantly surprised, pleasantly relieved as it were. Yeah, um, yeah, my, my, my spirit was broken when I couldn't get uh, Steven Seagal Shang Tsung. I was like, <laughs> well, well. No, Shang Tsung is the guy from Mortal Kombat that sucks your soul away. Oh um, yeah. This is <laughs> proven why you weren't worthy of Steven Seagal Shang-Chi. Shang-Chi, exactly. Um, but yeah, you 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 pretty much you pretty much went um, mostly white. Uh, you know, you, there's one character, oh well, two characters that are white-ish, we'll say, that got acquired and, and fully uh, fully whitewashed. But let's. I mean, we got to take stuff away from the Jewish delegation, you know. I mean, you might want to rephrase that just for our purposes. Um, but I but I understand. I do understand. Um, but you started it off with one of the whitest characters in the history of whiteness, 
Um, and that would be Nathan Essex Sinister, Mr. Sinister. You know, I, I have never coded Mr. Sinister as white. Really? Like, I, he, you're going to tell me the, the 1992 X-Men Mr. Sinister, that was designed after a white man? That There was way too much style involved in that character. No. I mean, listen, that's a fair point. But knowing his origin the way that I do as, as someone who is an acolyte of Darwin, even before Darwin, and, you know, he's all about manipulating people on a genetic level. And he's even to the point of getting in with the Nazis just to just to get access to people to experiment on. Turned on, turned on uh, Apocalypse, got his powers and then immediately stabbed him in the back. I don't know. I mean. Yeah, I will, I will counter all of that with put a jewel in his forehead and made it work. <laughs> fair, fair, fair. So you're saying, so what you're saying is that the South Asian delegation should have made a run at Mr. Sinister. Um, I think that's, that's, I think that's what I'm hearing here. You know, I, I, I honestly, I'm not 100% sure what I've, what I've always coded him as, but I've always just thought of Mr. Sinister sort of like apocalypse, like Egyptian for Apocalypse, but like that's only one of the uh, of the different backstories that Apocalypse has had over the years and pre-Egyptian. And so I don't know. I've always just assumed the two of them is just sort of some mass. That's why when you said the whitest character ever, I was like, who is he talking about? Kitty Pride? Who is he talking about? Literally yeah. white. Like he's literally. I mean, white. yes, he's he's the color of chalk. Yes, um, yeah. and, and and again, might I reiterate? A, uh, an African uh, mutant gave him all his powers because he's not technically a mutant. That's the other thing. Gave him all his powers and he immediately turned on him, immediately started plotting against him. If you're um, on Krakoa, you're a mutant. Notice I'm saying pre-Krakoa, pre, like Mr. Sinister, is, is his whole thing is, yeah, I'm just not trustworthy, guys. I'm, I'm just going to turn on you. Uh, I don't know what you're thinking, but I'm not trustworthy. <laughs> I've always coded Mr. Sinister as white in the way that Dracula is white. Like he just kind of always looked like a vampire to me. Mm -hmm. And so like, yeah, I was just like, yeah, he's, he's white in the way that someone from the Slavic countries would be white and, but still kind of look not quite, you know, they don't look Irish, but I do get like in the nineties, I also always coded that he had a box cut. <laughs> which you know like i was never quite able to reconcile but you know mutants it's oh, yeah. white guy with black hair it's <laughs> that is again genetic engineering like if there was anyone if there was any that's the other thing about sinister like like even to the extent that he takes on features that aren't white features you could just chalk that up to chalk it up. You could just chalk it up to sinister, you know, messing with his genes and saying like, "Oh yeah, you know, uh, I, I'm I still am white. I still have all that privilege, but I've just decided to, you know, give myself the ability to run a uh, a nine point five uh, uh, hundred meter dash. You know, right. and we're not going to say who he got the genes from, but I'm sure we all realize." <laughs> <laughs> Look, I I can say for the uh, for the delegation, uh, I was real. I, Mr. Sinister was was a definite target that I was mm -hmm. hoping no one else would draft because he's on the Quiet Council. He mm -hmm. shows up in all. He shows up across all of the X books. Mm -hmm. he, in fact, I, I forget the cutoff date, but he was 
like fourth in appearances in Marvel uh, at one point during September. So I, I mean, it just, to me, it just made sense. Right. No, I mean, it makes sense in a lot, in a ton of ways. And, 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 it may, and it's one of those situations where, where it probably makes sense for the white delegation more than any other delegation. And, you know, to that end, you know, I have to, I have to tip my hat. Now I'm going to go ahead and read from the wiki um, for the benefit of the listeners. Uh, Mr. Sinister is a supervision, <laughs> thank you, is a supervillain originating from Marvel Comics, Nathaniel Ethics, Essex. Ethics, that that was not the Freudian slip. Nathaniel Essex was a 19th century scientist that was genetically mutated by apocalypse who shared his philosophy of social Darwinism. Becoming the immortal Mr. Sinister, he's perhaps the greatest geneticist in the world, capable of cloning, creating, enhancing, and controlling mutant abilities. Sinister is one of the X-Men's most dangerous enemies. Um, For your visual, visual reference, I believe you chose Luke Evans. Yep. Yeah, I think that's a fantastic, I, I can say that myself. I think that's a fantastic casting. Luke Evans is a freaky looking dude. Yeah, I, I mean, I mean, as for visual, for the sake of visual reference, I think it's it's awesome. Um, I know that I have fan cast um, what, the Skarsgård uh, gentleman as uh, Mr. Sinister. Peter Skarsgård? Wait, which one? Sorry? Alexander, the son? Yes, Alexander, the... Uh, yeah. The, the 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 one from True Blood. Uh, yeah, wasn't Luke Evans Dracula in a movie? Luke Evans was Dracula. Yes, he was. Yeah, there uh, hey. in the in the ill fated uh, Dracula Untold that was supposed to kick off the Dark Universe before uh, they they kicked it off uh, two more times. Um, right. <laughs> more like Dracula Unseen. Am I right? <laughs> <laughs> Uns- more like Dracula Unsold. I am. <laughs> I am shocked that you guys pulled that. That that to me, that's a deep cut, Dracula Untold. I don't think either of you have ever seen that. I did not. No. I mean, I'm sure it's streaming somewhere, so maybe. But um, the people, you will you will be happy to know, gave it a 100% approval rating, Woo-hoo! including 70% strongly approve, 30% somewhat approve. That is 100% pro. Mr. Sinister saying white. And, uh, uh, you know, that is an example of when things just kind of come together the way that they should. Uh, yeah, I guess, I guess I was wrong. I guess, I guess everyone else did think that Mr. <laughs> Sinister was a white man. That, that was just, that was just me. And I mean, with, white man, box, white man, sinister. I mean, it's just, it just feels right. Um, but speaking of a more controversial pick, uh, uh, you know, known as Shadow Cat sometimes, but um, generally known as Kitty, Kitty Pride, Catherine, Kitty Pride. But I think for our purposes, she's going to be Karen. Uh, she's going to be Karen Pride. Um, yeah, white delegation taking her away from the Jewish delegation. But let's be honest, there are a lot of people who don't know that Kitty Pride is Jewish. Yeah, it's it's one of those that that doesn't get discussed as much as it should. But I can say this, the exact same things I said for Sinister completely apply points wise for Kitty Pride. Like and she also is in the Marauders book. Mm-hmm. I, I expect her to get a lot of play. I think uh, casting her as Anna Kendrick is uh, lazy and also perfect because that is what Hollywood would do. 
they would give us though no, no, if if i mean it depending on the age depending on the age that they go yeah with. yeah yeah um yes. you know back in the day um the the casting that they used for the uh the singer x-men movies of uh i guess elliot page Elliot um, page. yeah elliot page but um you know at the time uh, elliot page was coming off of juno and was kind of in that like young american sweetheart period um, right. also not jewish again um so in a lot of ways in a lot of ways the white delegation had their tentacles deep into kitty pride and um and they went ahead and and, and made it official they made it official with the uh caucasian tentacles uh, Anna Kendrick is a solid bit of casting. As someone said uh, on our social media, uh, Anna Kendrick always looks like she's about to report you to HR for loitering around the snack machine. And uh, and yeah, I mean, Kitty Pride will come right out of the wall and be like, hey, hey, what are you doing? What are you doing over there? Listen, I my thought, and I said it to said it between us, was that that Anna Kendrick Kitty Pride is actually a horror movie where she's going to chase you through walls playing that really annoying bucket song that she had during the uh, the Pitch Perfect time. And that, Oops, that, that song is a treasure. That song is not a treasure. That song is horrible bubblegum pop that lives in your head. But, you uh, loved but yeah. Call Me Maybe. What are you talking about? What? You loved Call Me Maybe. Yeah, that's different. Car, uh, Carly <laughs> Rae Jet. Kyrie Ray Jepsen is a fantastic artist and wrote a almost perfect pop album in in uh, after after Call Me Maybe. So um, I will not take any smirching of Kyrie Ray Jepsen on this podcast during White Week of all weeks. <laughs> Wait, I'm confused. Um, what is a phone call? Is that a thing that happens anymore? I'm <laughs> not sure. Is it, is it text me maybe? No? Okay. Isn't that, um, what, isn't that what this is? This is a phone call that we're just recording. That's all. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. But let me go ahead and read from the wiki, wiki, wiki. Uh, Kitty Pride, a.k.a. Shadow Cat, is a mutant gifted with the ability to become intangible and phase her entire body through solid material. A talented prodigy, she became the poster child of the X-Men, eventually reaching maturation and becoming the team's leader. And uh, yeah, I mean, there's there you could say you could say there's something white about uh, not having any tangibility. And being able to fade in and out in any situation. Being so, able to walk through walls and not having the entire world freak out about it. Yeah. It's pretty white. Pretty white. I, I, I feel you there. So that's, that, that feels like another, another win for the white delegation. Um, the people, though, might have had other ideas. Uh, the people gave it a 75% approval rating. Uh, 37.5% strongly approved, 37.5% somewhat approved, 0.0% somewhat disapproved, and 25% strongly disapproved. I would would imagine that would be uh, part of the Jewish contingent uh, realizing. and yet, and yet, no one says racists. I don't know, man. I, I'm, I'm feeling, I'm feeling some reverse racism here on all weeks. On all weeks, this shouldn't, this shouldn't happen. You should stick to the tropes. The strongly I mean, disagrees are racist. I'm not sure how that works when, when yeah, you're anti-Semitic is just more like it. <laughs> right, exactly. I mean, but that's pro-Semitic because it could be the people who are, who are disapproving. Of Kitty Pride being taken away 
taken away from the Jewish delegation. Um, and, and during the high holidays, as it were, it's, it's, it's sad, it's sad. But brings us to another character, one who also feels like a really good fit for the white delegation. We are talking about a man who's in the future and kind of a loser and takes technology from the future into the present day where he can pretend to be a superhero. Medio mediocre as he as as all uh, get out. Mm-hmm. That is that is uh, Michael Carter, aka Booster Gold, aka who I thought you meant when you said the whitest <laughs> character available. <laughs> I feel you. I mean, I could understand the conclu- con- confusion. Yeah, uh, but yeah, got- I Booster Booster Gold is has been a personal favorite of mine for a long time. I've always loved the the pushing booster gold in dc and giving him you know the more heartfelt backstories when he was the guardian of time and all the fun stuff that they did with skeets and all of that um this is one that was just just this is one that was for the homies because uh, I, I cast him as the miz who you can see on dancing with the stars uh, uh my favorite my my personal favorite professional wrestler in the world uh, I, I love The Miz, and he's actually been pushing for this casting for years, and I think it would be perfect. Oh, I didn't if, know that. If he wasn't a complete dog shit actor. But, you know, that's okay. That's all right. Life happens. Yeah, you could just uh, cast him alongside someone that can carry him, you know, on the active front. Well, yeah, give me, give me a if, blue and gold movie. I'm in. Well, I'm just going to let you know now. I'm giving you a little bit of insight into how the uh, arbitrary bonus points things work. If you can get, if you can get uh, the Miz to co-sign uh, this Booster Gold casting and uh, promote uh, the racial draft in doing so, uh, there's some bonus points coming down the, the pike for the white delegation. And I know you haven't gotten a lot of bonus points this season, so yeah, it's listen, right there. Listen, the Miz is a whore. <laughs> if you can get if you can get him to photoshop his face on booster gold's uh, comic body just saying i i <laughs> i think he's already done that but but i i will try because the miz the miz does he does a lot of social media um but no i i i enjoyed i enjoyed putting the miz out there i like casting professional wrestlers because i know it pisses you off and <laughs> i mean it doesn't, it, you know, it's, it, this, it, this one has, he, I'm sorry. He's a star of Marine three through six, I believe. I think that of your pro wrestler as superhero castings, this one is probably the most on point um, because Booster Gold is a goofball and the Miz is also a goofball and I could see it. What about you, Carlos? I mean, I, I like that the Miz is the second real world uh, cont- I mean, not contestant cast member mm-hmm. to be on the to be drafted this season because I'm a fan of that franchise more than professional wrestling. Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, he's almost not mediocre enough, but you know, I like. I it. mean, he's mediocre as an actor. That's true. <laughs> mediocre to the bar. Yeah, dog. 
Booster Gold does have a monthly with uh, blue, with, blue, with black and gold, or excuse me, blue and gold. Yes. Black and gold would be a Steelers book. Uh, and so I'm, I'm not expecting him to be, you know, the wasted pick that was Miguel O'Hara for the black delegation. I expect Booster to give me some points, but oh, yeah. sure. this was the one that was sort of uh, just, just, I just, I just needed it. I just needed. I, I, listen, that was, that one was a win for, that was a win for whiteness, you know, and I feel that uh, I'll go ahead and read from the wiki really quick, but you guys should all know who Booster Gold is humiliated in his own time period very white, the 25th century, <laughs> which, where there aren't a lot of white people. That's, I feel like that's the, the, uh, I always thought the that subtext. Was yeah. yeah, the subtext is that, yeah. Michael John Carter, bad for the Michaels here, but you know, we do what we can. Michael John Carter stole future technology in a security robot named Skeets. Okay. Um, <laughs> it's always been a weird name. It's always been a weird name. I don't understand it, but and travel back to the 20th century to become the greatest hero you've never heard of, Booster Gold. And uh, the people, do they agree? The people gave it an 83.3% approval rating, Damn including 33.3% right. strongly approved, 50% somewhat approved, 0% somewhat disapproved, and 16.7% racist. <laughs> Just say it. Just say I mean, it. How you gonna be mad at Booster Gold being a white man? You can only I mean, do that if you got hate in your heart. I mean, it's it's something. It, it might be racist. I mean, I'm just gonna say it might be racist. I'll take, I'll take I'll take might be. I'll take that as a win. <laughs> I mean, it might be very close. I mean, I'm trying to think of all the other people of different backgrounds that would be like, no, Booster Gold should have been one of ours. Yeah. Yeah, who's I mean, I I love Booster Gold, but I, I don't know who's claiming Booster Gold. It's not, it's not, it doesn't work. Yeah, you know what I'm thinking? I'm thinking it's just like the white guy that's trying to like not like you know be down with whiteness. Like I feel like that's the divest divest from whiteness. That's probably that's probably the person who voted against white booster gold. There you go. Or there you go. Or it's the person that booster gold stole his technology from. Either mm. way. <laughs> Booster Gold to me always comes in when when I talk about like I wonder what Captain America's inside thoughts were when he got thought out. <laughs> I wonder what what Booster Gold's inside thoughts were when he came back. He's like, "There's so many of us. What is it?" <laughs> it's like, it's like, I don't understand. That's a story that I want to read now. I want to read a story of Captain America going to Booster Gold's time and Booster Gold going to Captain America's time and figuring out like who is more out of touch. Like, no, screw, <laughs> screw that. I want them both meeting in the 90s and being like, what is this world? <laughs> Who is Gwen Stefani and why is she singing like that? Yeah, that, that would be fun. That there we go. Or 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 they they confront they confront the problem that is Iggy Azalea. Booster's <laughs> like, oh, in our time, every every white woman got uh, booty implants. It was the only way they could compete. <laughs> <laughs> Booster's like, in my time, everybody steals from our culture because there's not many of us left. I don't know what's going on. Oh, culture. <laughs> uh, but that bring You were like, how could a white man make a jewel in his head work? And then you said, Gwen Stefani. <laughs> Brings it right around. I love not it. Not a man. Back, it's, different, it's, a different, it's a different scale. 
Also, I can't, I can't put a jewel here and make it work. I just look like a weird old guy with a jewel then. You quite would, yes. But, um, you know, pay no attention to uh, Paul Bettany as Vision, though. <laughs> as an android, that's totally different. That's a purple man. That's different. Fair. But we, we press on to another selection by the white delegation. Now, this one was a little controversial because I have to admit, I did not necessarily code this character as a white man. But I, at the same time, I didn't feel comfortable saying exactly who I did code this character as. So he kind of fell through the cracks. And that would be Conan the Barbarian. Um, I, I don't, I mean, that's another, another character that I also thought you were talking about when you said the whitest character ever. I'm like, oh yeah, the dude that wears lion cloths and lives in the jungle and is Kazar, but with a sword. No, but that's the thing about Conan. Conan doesn't live in the jungle. He's, he's out there conquering people and he's like, you know, um, you know, becoming a king. He's OG, OG Conan. Yeah, he's like, but he's vaguely Asiatic, you know, hmm. like it was just, it was, it's hard. It's hard to make him work without feeling like you're denigrating another culture. If you say that he's, you know, like a different race, like, you know, if the South Asian delegation got him, it would have been like, hmm, what's, you know, what are we doing? If the Native American delegation got him. He it's falls just, into me into whatever you want to put Namor, whatever you code Namor as. Like that's mm, the same kind of ball. You know what? Yeah, and you I know what? Admit, I feel I, like the Polynesian delegation could have could you know slid up in there and got oh, themselves yeah. a Polynesian Conan, and people would have been like, you know what? You know what? We're here for it. So yes. sadly, Con thankfully for me, Conan was not a part of Tomati Bets or Tomati Bids, Tomati Gets. So, yeah. I'm very happy to uh, wind up with Conan, a top... Uh, Especially because Jason Momoa has already played Conan. Right. So it's, so it's really right there. I mean, it's there, but I, we're, we're happy to take the, uh, the, the, the table scraps in this case. As I, what I was saying, top, top 14 scorer from Marvel, a part of two books, two monthly books with Savage mm -hmm. Avengers and his own book. I'm in. I had no problem with it. I feel like I feel like that's one of my real win gets this late because yeah. I think everybody forgets about him. I mean, no, I no, no. Listen, like I said, this was one of those situations where I think that all the other delegations were like, how do we feel about making Conan one of ours? Just, I mean, all that all that was true, but he's still a barbarian, you know, and and, you know, a lot of people have hang ups around associating their culture with savagery. You know, it's, I, I understand it. I understand. But but, but their loss, the their loss is the white delegation's gain, ultimately. This was the one character that I was like, somebody else draft this guy. I'm done drafting. Somebody else pick up Conan before Gordy gets him. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, that's the, you know, the benefits of privilege where you can have a, a white barbarian and no one uh, thinks that it, it, it speaks negatively about your culture. Yeah, I didn't worry about or think about that for a moment. <laughs> <laughs> well, like, me... uh, whatever. I'm going to make him uh, some guy that I found on the internet who a lot of people want to cast as uh, He-Man. And I'm like, yeah, it's close enough for me. 
I mean, listen, we watched a whole eight seasons of Game of Thrones where they had barbarians, white barbarians all over the place. So, yeah. Don't you it's, don't you put me in your in your weird incest penis shows? I do not watch Game of Thrones. I am <laughs> not a fan. I never was. I tried. I couldn't get through the first four episodes and I gave up. I'm sorry about your dragon show. Look, that is that was your I mean, that was prime whiteness. I don't know what you're talking about. That was that was some, some high level. That was some high level, prominently placed whiteness. Like at, at this point, all you had to do was grow a beard out and you could have gotten your, yourself a spot on Game of Thrones. Like you could probably if you had like a vaguely British accent and a beard, you could just say, oh, I was on like season three of Game of Thrones. People would be like, I believe you. <laughs> yeah, wasn't wasn't uh, uh, one of the singers, not Sam Smith. What wasn't Ed some... who? Ed Sheeran. Ed Sheeran ah, yeah. was on Game of Thrones. Yes, he was. I'm gonna yeah. change my casting of Conan to Ed Sheeran since <laughs> he's on Game of Thrones. He's got some street cred. <laughs> no, no, don't, don't do that. Don't don't do that to yourself. He wasn't playing a barbarian. Uh, people were. I remember watching that. I remember when we were at the watch party for that. Everyone was like, "Is Ed Sheeran going to get brutally murdered?" And everyone was like, "Yes," <laughs> but he was not brutally murdered. Yeah. It was. You, it was you very, actually though. You find out that he was brutally murdered later. Yeah, but like, he can get brutally murdered off screen. Off screen, yeah, he gets brutally murdered off screen, and it's hilarious. But yeah, especially because they had him sing. You know? Yeah, it would have been awesome if he would have sung, and then immediately after the song ended, he just got stabbed in the back by Arya. Like, I don't like that kind of music. <laughs> A dire wolf just rips out his neck. <laughs> but I will go so ahead and refresh. So he never made it to the north. I I, I know nothing about Game of Thrones. Yeah, I know uh, at some point we're going north. Uh, I mean, they were all over the map. Winter was coming, and yeah. um, you know, I feel like there was probably a porn equivalent of Game of Thrones featuring a woman named Winter. Um, but we will table that until later. Um, there is so Conan Wiki was a wandering fighter mercenary, thief, and eventually king who traveled ancient lands in the Hyborian age, living by his wits and physical prowess. And yeah, in the first half of the year, he's been a, a big time scorer. We don't know if he's going to end the, the year uh, as a big scorer, but you know, big name, this late, this late in the racial draft is a definite win for the white delegation. Listen, that wiki sounds like the description for every white NBA player there ever has been. So I'm into it. It's like so. It's like, it's like are you saying he's decept- You're saying he's deceptively athletic? That's what I'm hearing. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's surprisingly mm-hmm. athletic and has a great motor. Yes, yes. He's coachable. Yeah, and uh, cr- he's crafty. He's gritty. He's knows he's to a- put team first. Yes, that's a good. Sets a fantastic screen at Conan. Fantastic. Yeah. Fantastic. I agree. Um, so the people gave it a 50% approval rating with 0% strongly approve, 50% somewhat approve, 0% somewhat disapprove, and 50%. Yeah, I'm not even. Even, yeah, even, even I'm not looking for the racist at this one. Conan, Conan belongs to all of us. Yeah, yeah. I mean, but so 50-50, um, people were like, could he be white? Maybe. Could he be something other? Probably. But points, 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 points. According to our, our buddies from the Fantasy Comics League, they said, this is, sorry, I missed it. 
Yeah, they uh, uh, they they definitely like this pick. I was yes. proud. Uh, easy to overlook Conan as a big player in the Marvel Universe, but with Savage Avengers and his own title, he's their 11th best overall character, second best in power variety, and uh, quite the steal. So there you go. Another steal for the white delegation. The plan, the plan was Batman and table scraps, and, and Conan is somebody I did not expect as a table scrap. There's a I few people you. that did that did get drafted that I thought I'd be able to get, but he was not one. So um, uh, is this one of the characters that you thought would be table scraps? Uh, Helena Bertinelli, aka Huntress. Yes, yes. I had a feeling that I would wind up with at least one or two of the young non-centralized bat kids if it was huntress or if it was spoiler uh somebody because you know those those bat books and my buddy my buddy bruce he likes to he likes to grab him some children so i like to it's so funny though i never really think of huntress as one of the like contemporaries of the robins you know i kind of think of her as as a little bit older but you're probably right she's she's probably in that you know, Dick Grayson age group. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, we know comic book ages are all over the place, but yeah, I have always, I've always thought of her as sort of like the Dick Grayson, uh, Oracle, Barbara Gordon, that, mm-hmm. that layer of, of, right. of, of age, you know, where, yeah. I, where I know I book Cyborg, who is yeah. somebody that I did not think would be here at Table Scraps, but I didn't get to draft. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that makes sense. I mean, she was in the Birds of Prey movie. Um, she's traditionally associated with Birds of Prey and Barbara Gordon. So I could definitely see her popping up in a season of Titans um, if they ever decided to go that route. She and was she in the Arrowverse. Been, yeah. She has been all over the Bat books. Uh, mm-hmm. She, I, I want to say she's somewhere in the, in the, in the low 20s, 21 to 24. Right. This yeah. I mean, well, I mean, she actually had an ongoing story in the uh, Detective Comics book. Yep. Now, one thing that I notice about her is that I haven't been paying super close attention, but I guess there was a time period in the New 52 where they had her be black. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hunt, the Huntress. Huntress is one of those ones in the new. It was one of those characters in a New 52 where the origin and everything changed so drastically. It was mm-hmm. like, I mean, I mean, let's, but, let, well, let's be but it's weird. I mean, her name is Helena Bertinelli. I mean, if anything, she would at least be like either mixed or Sicilian. or Sicilian, where like her, because because they definitely illustrated where skin is dark uh, nowadays. So I associate her with being Sicilian because she's Italian. But I mean, obviously there are Black Italians. So if the Black delegation had wanted to get up in there, or the native, or the sorry, or the uh, or uh, multiracial delegation wanted to get in there. Um, I would have understood, but uh, but you went ahead and went all the way white. Oh yeah, uh, because as your visual reference, you used uh, Daisy Ridley. Yep, as white and it, when it went in doubt, go British. Now why? Now just a question: Why didn't you go with uh, Mary Elizabeth Winstead from the Birds of Prey movie? I mean, she's also white. Been there, done that. It's gotta. We've gotta. I didn't, I didn't get a chance. I decided to go because it, it took me so long to draft and other delegations just blocked every time I put in even characters that they didn't want. 
And <laughs> I just decided that the time to get my retribution and to make some off the wall uh, castings and to whitewash some popular favorite characters is going to be in the supplemental draft. Mm. And it's not going to be when I need to get some points because okay. I was, I was really curious and I had been talking to some of the, the, both the FCL guys. I was really curious to see what happens if you just go Batman and in fantasy football drafts, you would say dollar players. Like mm-hmm. I, I was curious and I wanted to stick to that and try and stick the points more than I did needle people. Although I tried, I definitely tried to hold a few, a few ethnic uh, diverse characters hostage, but my plan didn't work. I was hoping right. to get some trades, but yeah. So I decided to like the most ethnically vague character I'm going to draft is Huntress. So let's just, let's just whitewash the hell out of her just for the hell of it. Right. Right. And I understand that. I mean, it just so happens that because of how ethnically um, ambiguous she was, none of the delegations felt particularly slighted by losing her. No, I mean, she of- was, she's Italian. I mean, in, in the yeah. most popular coding of her, at least in my, in my readings of, of Huntress throughout the years, I, it's all, she's always been Italian. If she's yeah. going to be Sicilian and, and mm-hmm. you know, or a black Italian, I mean, it's I mean, I don't really care, but taking her away from her Italian heritage was the best I could do that was evil. So I decided <laughs> that that was close enough. Yeah. Wow. And, and, and it's weird. It's like, it's like white on white crime right there because like, well, obviously Italian is, is still within the umbrella of the white delegation, just so you know. Um, <laughs> they they but, are, but they don't want to be. <laughs> I mean, but you know, you know, make it work for you. Make it work for you. But let it me go. A, it right. is a uh, a fairly recent uh, development, though, that they are included. I mean, it's only in the last hundred years or so. I mean, I feel that. I'm just saying that for you know, if you want to be the white delegation, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you you just want to scoop up. You know, listen, Miles Morales. If you wanted to do Italian Miles Morales, like nobody would. We well, did it last season. Exactly. And, yeah. And it, and it was, it was, it, I would, I would love Miles Morales if somebody would like to trade him to me. I'm not, you know. I'll do Miles Morales for Bruce Wayne. <laughs> well, let me go ahead and read from the wiki real quick. Uh, Helena Bertinelli, born into one of Gotham's mafia families, became a spy and vigilante, destroying those that had killed her family. As a key member of the Birds of Prey, she has moved towards brutal but non-lethal methods of fighting crime. And um, yeah, so she's out there. I think she's. I think she's a cool character. Like I said, I liked her in the Birds of Prey movie. Um, uh, you know, she she plays around with crossbows. Who doesn't love, love a good crossbow? The people gave it an eighty percent approval rating, with forty percent strongly approve, forty percent somewhat approve, zero percent somewhat disapprove, and twenty percent uh, Italian. Paisano? Yeah, yeah, sure. Listen, listen, I live in a world where Chris Pratt can be Mario, so I'm 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 okay with this. The Italians mm. are losing people left and right. So big week, yeah, big week for the uh for the white delegation scooping up Italians. I don't want to claim Chris Chris Pratt. I'm sort of <laughs> I'm stuck with Chris Pratt at this point. Um, one of the things I do always find interesting about Huntress is that she is a character who has been <laughs> almost vaguely defined in the Marvel or in the Marvel in the DC, in the DC universe. universe. 
Like she's had so many different interpretations that there isn't so, you know, when, when, when I say Huntress, even comic nerds like us don't have like a hundred percent. This is mm-hmm. my Huntress in our head. Right. So she's somebody who can be played with in the birds of prey movie and everybody likes it. She yeah. can be played with in a future Harley Quinn movie or whatever. She's going to pop up one of the bat movies. Yeah. Not to mention that like brief period where Huntress was uh, Bruce Wayne and Selena Kyle's child. Um, and she was in was like in either Earth Two or yeah, some kind of Elseworld story. Yeah, that she was she was the daughter of of Batman and Catwoman. Um, I mean that's even that's even something that I could see happening in in one of the DC movies in the in the Batman in the Robert Robert Pattinson Bat movie, Batman movie we're getting. Words are apparently hard today. Uh, but yeah, I could, I could, I could see that being a long, a, a running story there, something that happens in the third or fourth movie. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting to see how they play that. But you know, she's a, like I said, popular character, but probably um, a different tier than the most popular of the Bat characters. And you know, Tinian, we talked about this a couple weeks ago, hasn't really played around with her, but I. But I do think that Mariko Tamaki, uh, to to the extent that she's still going to be writing Bat books, is uh, I think she's like the character, and I think she's going to keep using the character. So that's a that's a good look. Good look for the white delegation. Yep, a top twenty five DC score thus far, and I'm sure we'll be all over Fear State, uh, yeah. which is the big story that's going on. I I expect her. She could pop up in any of the Bat books, and as we know. DC only makes bad books. Yeah, it's 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 bad books and then everything else. So it's so weird that they've they've gone down that track, but that's definitely how it is. Um, but next up, you went Batman heavy, so it's only right that you uh, went full uh, Batman man nice. by going man bat. Um, I remember when I was, in, I was a young child in the 90s, and I was thinking to myself, there's a character called Man Bat? That just feels weird. That feels unimaginative. Um, but yeah, there's a guy, uh, Kurt Langstrom, a scientist who uh, messed around with some, some DNA. He did a little bit of that Morbius shit. And... Um, I would. I hope that that's how the wiki describes it. I really do. Uh, but this is also another contender in my head for whitest guy that I drafted. I was like, well, maybe he's talking about Kirk Langstrom. I mean, yeah. Uh, let me go ahead and jump right into the wiki. Afflicted with a disease that threatened to leave him deaf. Like deaf? That's all that was he was threatened with? That's fucked up. Uh, Dr. Kurt Langstrom devised an experimental cure that merged the DNA of humans and bats. After testing it on himself, however, the cure backfired and transformed him into a giant bat-like creature. Listen, Man, you, say, you, you say just deaf. Let me, let me let you in on a little bit of white culture. Mm-hmm. White men do not allow themselves to be uncomfortable. So mm-hmm. if there's something that's wrong, if it's deaf, then we're going to rip a bat apart and rip its insides out to figure out how to not be deaf anymore. Okay, so so may, I, may I counterpoint? Uh, the saying is uh, blind as a bat. Um, maybe, maybe he could have been 
uh, thinking about being blind and then became man bad. Just, just, just thinking, just, just brainstorming in my head. Nope. He's like, I'm, I am deaf. Hey, these things are blind. So they probably hear, let me rip its ear out and put it in my ear. Mm, okay. Mm-hmm. I feel you. That's what he was doing. Echolocation. Got it. Got it. Got it. Sonar, but no, but yeah, I mean, it's, 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 it's quintessential white person. Something is making me wildly uncomfortable. So I'm going to upset the natural order of everything and create a hybrid animal to suit the needs that I have. Yeah. I mean, I, to me, that works, works perfectly. Can I just Um, say, I'm disappointed in both of you for getting to the blind as a bat, the sonar and just, and no one going just like a, and then someone going submarine, Mr. Wayne. Just like a submarine. <laughs> I I actually don't know that reference. So that Dark Knight. <gasps> Never mind. Oh, okay. I fair. quit the draft. Listen, like I said, uh, he's, he's getting up. His, char- his characters are up for grabs. I'm <laughs> taking Wonder Woman right now. <laughs> you've all you've all got full teams, unfortunately. Like I said, uh, he's up to some Morbius shit. There will be a Morbius uh, movie happening at some point in the future. But in the meanwhile, DC has its uh, man in a bat form, not to be confused with a man in a bat costume. And for visual reference, I got it. Listen, we all may have not enjoyed um, some of the Spider-Man movies, but uh, Dylan Baker as Kirk Connors, now he's going to be playing Kirk. Langstrom, the man bat. Nice. I don't. I don't know what he's look. What he looks like. I don't know what he's got going on with his shirt off. Uh, we can probably CGI that. But yeah, the people gave that a one hundred percent approval rating. White man bat. Eighty percent strongly approved. Twenty percent somewhat approved. I didn't expect anything less. Uh, <laughs> I, I didn't expect anything less. This was just one of those. This was one of those. I was I was debating between a few characters because the order that I drafted was not the order that I I made the decisions. Um, but I was just I was deciding between a few characters, maybe a few more spicier names. But Kirk Langstrom's been showing up in all of the bad books. He's been showing mm. up in I believe Justice League Dark. Yeah, yeah, and he's he's top. I want to say top 12 in DC in appearances while being the 30th scorer. I believe he's 28 to 30. He's in that range. Sometimes I just guys at this point in the draft, when I was this far behind everybody else, I realized that a few of my picks just have to hit singles for me. And that's what Kirk Langstrom is. He is a single that will do nothing but add a few points here and there and be a fun casting because I could definitely see it. Yeah. And that's the thing. He's one of those characters that if you ask someone to like close their eyes and imagine who they thought that the man bat would be, almost everyone's go- going to think a white guy. Yeah. So yep. he's feels- on task for Z, if I'm not mistaken. Oh, he- yeah. Oh, he's fighting zombies. I believe yeah, he is. I believe he's de- he's currently dead. No. So they'll bring uh, him back. I think he's in a. I think he's currently in a state of suspended animation, where okay. he's fighting the zombie, whatever, and then eventually he'll show up to bite, you know, another white uh, delegation character in this in <laughs> Scarecrow and maybe kill him, and then and then everybody can be zombies. 
and Batman can mm-hmm. fight zombies because that's what Batman does. Yep. And Native American Red Hood will be killing them all um, yeah. for his people, I would imagine. Um, so that brings us to the final pick. Uh, in fantasy terms, we call that Mr. Irrelevant, but this is not Mr. Irrelevant. This is uh, another example. I mean, I guess we could call him the White Devil. There we go. I'm going to do it. <laughs> um, Kurt, Kurt Wagner, or Kurt Wagner, sorry, uh, the German mutant, AKA Nightcrawler. I'm going to jump right into the wiki. Kurt Wagner is a prominent member of the X Men and former member and leader of Excalibur. He possessed the Neofemian ability of teleportation, as well as incredible agility, wall scaling, and a prehensile tail. Nightcrawler is a devout Catholic, contrasting his demonic appearance. He is highly skilled swordsman and a former circus acrobat. Uh, I just wanted to point out that his parents are both mutants. One of them is Mystique. The other one is Azazel, I think is how the name is pronounced. Mm -hmm. Uh, He's kind of a mutant demon who apparently wanted to impregnate a bunch of women. So black delegation. Anyway. (laughs) <laughs> fantasy he's fan casted as sean kemp or travis <laughs> oh, exactly. no at, no i'm i'm gonna go with uh, antonio cromarty <laughs> uh, nick cannon <laughs> yeah exactly there there are a lot of people to choose from is what we're hearing but uh nightcrawler uh another example of uh probably someone of different delegations may feeling a little weird about you know picking a demonic um, character for their delegation, but white delegation slid right in there. Yeah, no problem. If I can draft Magneto with a straight face, I feel like I can draft anyone. And so I was in. I was in on Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler was actually one that I did think I would get late in the draft. I had a feeling yeah. that nobody would grab Nightcrawler because now at the time, at the time, did you think that Way of X was going to continue? I wasn't, no, I wasn't sure. And that continuing is a nice win. Uh, for no, no, Way of X is done. Oh, it is done. I thought, yeah. I thought, I, oh, boo. Uh, but I mean, he's still on the quiet council. He's still, he still will pop up. He will be there with, with Kitty in as many iterations as Kitty ever has, as their friendship will endure forever until some writer decides to make them romantic. And we all think it's weird. But uh, but no, I and night and Nightcrawler is is a constant, and he's somebody that has got he's had a weird run when it comes to other media. Like mm-hmm. he was fantastic in X two, the uh, the second Brian Singer movie, yes. and then okay in the in the the whatever we're calling the later movies uh, yeah. that were earlier. <laughs> yeah, in the future, uh, past verse. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and 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 Nightcrawler has been, I mean, Nightcrawler has been a part of any multimedia variation mm-hmm. of the X Men that I can think of. Yeah, he's, he's definitely always- one of the more, um, even if you're not a big X Men fan, he's one of the more recognizable X Men. I would say for sure. Um, and I was excited to for Lewis uh, Lewis Partridge. I believe that's how you pronounce his name. Uh, I thought I, I I've liked him. I thought he was I thought he was fantastic in Enola Enola Holmes mm-hmm. on Netflix. 
and he is soon to be Sid Vicious on Netflix. Okay, so I, I can see that. Someone, yeah, he's someone who's, uh, whose star is rising. And, yeah. and he's got the look. He definitely has the look. The, um, you know, could he be British? Could he be uh, German? Like, yeah, he's got that. I, I feel you. And he, he's tall. And that's something that I've always thought was huh. weird about Nightcrawler. In my head, or at least like in my head, when he stands up straight and he's not doing the demon with the arms everywhere and the tail thing, I always assume he's a tall demon. <laughs> oh, I've never actually considered him being tall. I mean, I didn't consider him being short either, but I, you know, he just sort of seemed to me as more just kind of generic height. But yeah, I don't know. In, in my head, he's always like six three, six four. Where you're like, he's he's tall. He's not wow. like basketball player tall, but he's tall. So I, mm -hmm. I that's something that I've always read into it. That I, you know, it's one of those little nerdy things that you're like hoping that you get. It's not as something. It's not like uh, getting the six foot two uh, Wolverine that everybody's angry about. Um, I am angry about it. Yes, but. Uh, but Nightcrawler, Nightcrawler is a, is a constant in the X-Men universe and something that I that I joked about and that is on our Twitter page. You cannot you, no one in this draft could get all of the Bat Kids and all of the X-Men. So I'm happy to grab them at the end of the draft before I begin my raid on all the other uh, cultural culturally known superheroes and whitewashed them all i decided that uh we're just going to grab kurt and we're going to be happy with it and nobody nobody's upset for the germans they're always the bad guys in movies for a reason i feel that i mean and you know if you wanted to just you know twist the knife a little bit you can just be like uh blue lives matter i get it um, wow <laughs> wow i like it i like it i could see it i could see it kurt's kurt's probably Kurt's probably conflicted because of his, he's always has all the weird Catholic guilt. So he, he, he wants to be, I mean, really, shouldn't he be Irish if he's, if he has all this mm. Catholic guilt and people yeah. think he's a demon and he likes swords. I don't know where that comes from. So I'm just going to pretend that Irish people like swords. Yeah. I mean, uh, like, uh, what's, what's the guy, the guy who, the guy who played um, Robin Hood in, in those old movies? Kevin um, Costner? No, in the older movies. Um, <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> I was like, oh, Kevin yeah. Costner? Yeah, he's awesome. No, it's just, it's, uh, it's you know, um, it's on the tip of my tongue. But you, you guys, listeners, you understand. Uh, give me a second, guys. You can vamp. You I mean, listen, I can, I can tell you this, that Kevin Costner at, what is he now, 70? Still mm. a damn good looking man. Kevin, Kevin Costner can pull it off. And, and he's getting old. Although all of the, since we're just going to talk about Kevin Costner while, while we figure this out, all of the weird, like Kevin Costner was actually in love with Whitney Houston stuff. Uh -huh. Not here for it. Feels weird. Feels real morbid. She's gone. And it was tragic. I don't want to hear about that. You wanted a boner. Not, not <laughs> into it. Are you guys trying to figure out who played Nightcrawler? No, we're uh, trying to figure out who played Robin Hood. Errol Flynn. Thank you. Oh. Errol Flynn. He was not Irish. Is Errol Flynn not Irish? I, I mean, I don't Errol think so. Flynn is not Irish. Oh, he's Australian. I, yeah. Wow. Not Irish. You know what happens? People steal from the Irish culture. Say, oh, that Flynn, that's a good name. I'm going to make that my stage name. Screw those potato-eating bastards. 
Wow. That's, that's what I feel like happened in their heads as they as they named Earl Flynn, whatever. I do not Aha. know what his Aha. shoot name Irish, English, and Scottish descent. Yeah. There yeah, so I'm, I'm, I'm just saying. He's got the, he's got the trifecta of, of, the, of, of the UK. Of those three, there's one he doesn't claim, and I know which one it is. I'm yeah, confused. he doesn't. He doesn't claim the Irish, man. Come on. Oh, I'm just saying, Errol Flynn, you know, Nightcrawler, you know, it could happen. It could be. It could be. But yes, Nightcrawler, 60% approval rating, including 20% strongly approved, 40% somewhat approved, 0% somewhat disapproved, and 40% strongly disapprove why are you strong who are these blue people who are who decided that they would not support white night crawler white crawler as it were little, um, little did we know racial draft podcast very popular in munich yeah wow this is unfortunate but uh we're this is it this was it this was the final pick of the main draft core draft of season three but but you know if you're if you're a lover of the draft and i hope you are if you're listening to the show uh rest assured the drafting continues even as the scoring period has kicked off even as we will be talking about how uh these characters these rosters have accumulated points we are still moving into phase two which is the supplemental draft and on that note of the supplemental draft, I'd like to know the Latinx delegation, who you got? Well, I've got mine if you don't. I'm just saying. I've got mine, Forty. Mine is here. Uh, first pick of the supplemental draft will be Dane Whitman, the Black Knight. Interesting. Okay, now I, I need I need to know I need to know what was behind this this choice. A couple factors. I can't believe Dane Whitman made it through through this draft. Uh, he's in a movie that's coming out. So from a this point for, there are bonus there are bonus points to be had from a supplemental pick. Uh, also, I think Dane Whitman's after that movie, Dane Whitman's uh, profile is about to blow up. And I want to say I was there early. Hmm. So, so what? So, so can I can I hear about like the the Latinx version of Dane Whitman? Like what 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 you were thinking? You know what what you what you imagine from uh, you know uh, Latino dark uh, Black Knight, not dark. It is actually kind of similar to what we did with Bruce Wayne last season, where just he's an old money uh, descended from Spanish. Uh, Spanish knighthood and is the descendant of prior black knights. Um, and that explains. Wait, so, so, so you got to say it, you got to say it for the, for the listeners, uh, say it in Spanish. The, what the, the, the black knight in Spanish. Yeah. You know what? I don't know how to say knight in Spanish. I know how to say black. Oh yeah. We all know how to say black. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I have no idea how to say that word. None whatsoever. 
Gordy, I'll spell it for you, and then you can say it. <laughs> How do you? I don't know. I will Spanish. not partake in this game. <laughs> I mean, I mean, if you're gonna do it, go, you gotta go all the way with it. You gotta Ooh, give me one know. second. Hold on. I, I bet I do know this word. I can I can say this while Carlos is is getting getting himself together to drop uh, the end bomb on this podcast. Uh, I looked I looked at Dane Whitman. I looked at all of the Eternals, but the books that are planned for the Eternals are not getting expansive until maybe after the movie. Mm-hmm. And I think I, I think that's only going to be score. I only think you're going to be scoring major points for the last three weeks of our scoring period. And it's yes. something that I'd say he's someone he and a few other characters uh, that are in the Eternals are ones that I wrestled with and thought about, but there was, there's no, they have not scored much this yeah. thus far. And, and the other thing is that like, you know, the Eternals are, are still, they're still very, very low profile. We, we don't know yet what the Eternals uh, are going to be in pop culture until true. after the movie comes out. You know, it's now Black Knight. There's a good chance that he might be one of the breakouts, but you know, it's hard to say. Yeah, you're played by Kit Harrington in the Marvel movie. I, I expect that his profile is going to go way up. I just didn't know how much that was going to affect our scoring season. But he's definitely somebody in my run of seven picks that was in contention. But I decided, as I said with Man Bat, to hit more singles than the mm-hmm. possible home run that the Black Knight could be. So first off, Carlos. Yeah. Say it in Spanish. So it's El Caballero Negro. El Caballero. Caballero, isn't that like cowboy? Yeah, apparently it also means knight. That's I just Googled. Google told me. That's El Caballero Negro. That 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 seems confusing. Carlos. So like like Carlos. some like the black cowboy shows up, he's like, wait, wait, no? Okay. Um, Carlos, does this feel a little bit racist racist that he's making you find it in Spanish? I mean, I'm just saying, like, maybe Carlos doesn't need to be in that box. No, I mean, if you listen, if you're going to racially draft the Black Knight for the Latinx delegation, at the very Mm -hmm. least, for authenticity's sake, we need to know, you know, how um, he's referred to um, in his native language. That's all. but bigger than that, bigger than the Spanish name, who is your visual reference for El Caballero Negro? So I'm up the, the, the Latino version of Kit Harrington, the closest <laughs> approximation. And I think that that is Tyler Posey. Tyler Posey, that is... Who's a doe-eyed Latin boy who can? I know, but can, I kind of feel like you wasted Tyler Posey because, uh, you know, he's he's people love him, people love him in the uh, in the twenty-something age group. Like, I feel you. Oh wow, well, you're you are glitching something something awful. See. Even the internet. Let's try it again, Carlos. Let's see what happens. I think Black Knight is going to be huge. Mm. Soon. Okay. Well, Tyler Posey 
seems like a seems like a waste of a uh, teen idol uh, actor. But you know, not, I'm not here to tell you who uh, who you need to cast as your visual reference. But uh, Caballero Negro, the Black Knight. I can go with Edgar Ramirez if you want. I mean, it only feels right. <laughs> He's my Thor. He's also my Black Knight. But uh, you know, we're going a little bit out of order. But you know, we can we can skip around a little bit. The white delegation, the white delegation. Do you have a supplemental draft pick for us? Yeah. Why? Well, yes, I do. Uh -oh. There is. There is a young man floating through, maybe not young, depending on the iteration, floating through the DC universe named Jefferson Pierce. Oh, my God. So Jefferson Pierce is going to be my white lightning, and he's going to be played or... or no, whatever. I think you want to call him Black Whitening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it might be, might, be, might be a little less, uh, a little less <laughs> racist, but yeah. Yeah, this is, I will be attacking the uh, Black delegation for blocking so many of my draft picks. So Jefferson Pierce, and I will let you help me, Mike. Who is the absolute whitest man that you can think of that would fit into Jefferson Pierce? So I know who mine is, and it's James Marsden, but I don't know if you're going to let me have James Marsden once again. I think we can do better than James Marsden. Give me a second. I didn't realize... <laughs> I didn't realize Edge. I would be, uh, you know, we, we don't have to do pro wrestling. Let me think. No, Let me no, think no. About this. no, no. Ed, Ed like, Sheeran. Oh, no, no. I'm going to block Jeff that. I'm, blo I'm blocking Ed Sheeran. Jefferson Pierce, Ed Sheeran is, is perfection. No, I'm blocking that. No, I'm Holy not. I'm not, I am not allowing. I am not allowing you to uh, denigrate. If you're going to do Black Lightning, do Black Lightning. You know, make it well. Sorry, white lightning, uh, black. No, sorry, black whitening. Black um, whitening. Yeah. Um, or I mean, I mean, I guess in a in a certain kind of way, if you just respell uh, lightning, um, <laughs> black lightning. I'm into it. I'm into it. Yeah, I mean, black like lightning. Um, but let's let's find let's find a. Uh, Electric. I mean, light. listen. Man. A couple. A couple of my thoughts were Neil Patrick Harris, uh, James Vanderbeek, because I only wanted three named white men. Ooh, okay. But uh, James James Vanderbeek would be an interesting choice. Um, fantastic, and don't trust to be in apartment twenty three. Uh, James Vanderbeek. M &M. Eminem, there we go. I mean, he's got a restaurant now, so he's a white man deciding to do other things just because he wants to. So I'm not having a problem with that. Eminem is flexing his whiteness as he's done his entire life. What's the name of the white dude from Power? Joseph Sikora. Oh, that is a good one. That is a good one. That is. So we're not talking about Turtle? No, no, no. We're talking about, uh, give me a second, Power Cast. Jeremy Pittman? Joseph Sikora. Joseph Sikora. Chicago's own. 
Oh yeah, I know who that is. Okay, I can look. I can. He can be Black Lightning. I <laughs> <laughs> um, made a career out of it. Yeah, he, yeah, he did. <laughs> yeah, he did. He's going to. Uh, he's going to teach these kids in the Black community. How do I reach going, these kids? Exactly. He's going to. He's going to uh, explain to black people in this community how only the power of a white, a very involved white teacher um, can, yeah, can, can show them the opportunities that they have. Jefferson Pierce, black whitening, or black lightening, depending on how you Depending on depending on what neighborhood he's in, he's either black lightning, lightning, or black whitening. It depends on it depends on who he's talking to. Right. He has to code himself different ways. I like it. I've actually got some horribly racist ideas for this, but I'm <laughs> going to keep those all on the inside. Well, we're going to go ahead and Photoshop him in that suit, and it's going to be amazing. Um, yeah, so. and, and I will let it be known that this is full-out war on the Black delegation for just not allowing me, to for taking characters that they did not want and bidding them up just to make sure I had no rights. I'm coming for you, Randy. I'm coming for anything that you might love. Wow. This can is I, this was I not what I Storm? expected. Can I draft like a different version of Storm? Okay, how, how can I do this? I want 80s punk all universe Storm. You want like uh, Blood Storm? Yeah, there we go. <laughs> there we go. Give me the Vampire Storm, and I will make her Gwen Stefani. I am oh, into it. Oh my! Oh, this no. is, things got really scary in the uh, supplemental draft. Uh, Black delegation, uh, you know, be careful. The you've unleashed. You've unleashed this this conflict. The, uh, the, the way the draft went, mm-hmm. all of my all of my whitewashing anger had to be put aside in the in the uh, attacking and trying to procure points. So, Interesting. so now it's all going to the supplemental draft. So I gotta ask: Is there? Um, I mean, I guess know. we already talked about it. So, so, in, so he's not like a gentrifying white guy. He's more of a, um, a, a, a um, dangerous minds style uh, white guy. He's, oh he's, yeah, he's de- yeah. he's definitely the hero of his own story, where he's saving all of those those poor poor kids of color. Cool, cool. Yeah. Got it. Oh yeah, oh yeah. yeah. It's, it's Michelle. It's Michelle Pfeiffer sitting backwards on a mm-hmm. desk with a guy. Yeah, he's gonna and teach him Bob Dylan lyrics, and they're like, "What the fuck is this?" He's living in a gangster's paradise, is what I'm hearing. Um, I mean, yeah, his his catchphrase would probably be like, "Why are we so blind to see? The ones who hurt are you and me." And then he just makes everybody lighter. Nice, nice. Uh, oh God, that song was so horrible. Why? Why was it so popular? I don't know. I have no idea. Um, I, I'm now I'm trying to think through like the ramifications of the rest of the Black Lightning family. Um, you know, wait, wait till we get to white conda. It's going to be fantastic. Oh, no. Oh, no. T'Challa is a Latino. I don't, know. I don't know. I don't know if I, I don't know if I have it in me. I don't know if I have it in me to draft like Shuri. I'll admit, you know, there's a line and that, that, that feels across it. 
I mean, listeners, you've heard it here first on the racial draft. You need to reach out to the Black delegation. You need to do all that needs to be done to shut down what is obviously coming, the warfare between the Black delegation and the white delegation. Um, it is about to go down over it. We have 12 weeks of supplemental draft, guys. Oh so God. there's a lot of time for shit to get way Wait off the rails. I also found out I can trade for more supplemental picks. This is going to be fun. I'm going to be mm-hmm. offering all kinds of things. But not Batman. I, but not Batman. No, no, <laughs> no. Batman. Batman's going to allow me to cakewalk into the finals or the, <laughs> the, 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 the rose ceremony at the end here. Well... I mean, hopefully, listeners, you are as captivated by this uh, clear race war that's about to kick off. Uh, delegate, delegate war? Excuse me. We're using the proper terminology. Jesus. We, um, we code our language here, Mr. <laughs> Mr. Michael Terrell Ford. This is not something that is done. Uh, it feels like a race war to me. I don't know what you're talking about. So, um, well, I can't are, are you talking about are you talking about that thing in Fast and the Furious where Dom and Letty go <laughs> to the desert and then they race cars that they they called race wars? In yes, the that's, that's, movie? yeah, that's and, pretty much what I was talking about. Yeah, I don't know what yeah, you're talking about. <laughs> did not change it in the 2014 movie when they went back to it. I was like, Wait, no, no, it. it's still it's still race wars. It's still race wars. And he literally and 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 uh, Vin Diesel stares at at Michelle Rodriguez and says, "It's race wars. We created it." And no, no irony whatsoever. <laughs> That's um, right. Yeah, and this is me and me and Randy are driving in stylized cars. That's all. That's all I'm thinking it is. I don't know where your head's at. Exactly. So if you are invested in the race wars, um, go ahead and show up next week. Um, make your voice known. Uh, hit us up on social media, Racial Draft Pod on Twitter, racial.draft on Instagram, Racial Draft on Facebook. Um, where can they find you guys on social media? Gordon? I'm at Carlos Freitas JR on, on Twitter. And don't okay. find me anywhere else. It's creepy. <laughs> and Man. don't let Gordy turn Shuri into Sersha. We can't let that happen. Racial, racial totally at uh much i'm just gonna say don't hit your nos too early uh thinking that you're gonna beat me in this here race war uh and you can find me at gordy 9241955 because i like keeping a creepy russian troll <laughs> twitter name at some point i'm gonna change it i might have to change it to gordy race war but i don't know if that's <laughs> <laughs> i'm not sure if that's gonna work not everybody's going to get the reference. Grand Wizard Gordy. <laughs> <laughs> just GW, just GW Gordy. <laughs> and you'll have to be a listener to know what that means. Oh, uh, man. But I can say that White Week was personally horrible for me, but fantastic for the world, uh, as this was a great week in the history of mankind i don't i can't think of anything that happened this week that was noteworthy so r kelly went to jail i i guess that's a win for everybody or he's going to jail yeah, that's definitely not a win for white week. that's that's but it's it's a win for society at large yeah, the for win sure. for young women across the midwest yes i agree 
um, which I guess, you know, I mean, I thought we were shutting it down, but we do have a handful of news stories. So let's just run through, let's run through our news stories really quick. Um, there's a thing called, um, sorry, there's a, th a thing happening on Spider-Man on November 12th. Uh, there was a, a lot of MCU um, shenanigans happening on, on November 12th. Uh, there's also going to be a Disney Plus Day on November 5th, which is what I was thinking of. Um, no, I, I, am I am incorrect. Disney Plus Day is happening on November 12th. The Eternals is coming out on November 5th. Apologies. So Disney Plus Day is when we're going to get a MCU special. Uh, we don't know yet what it's going to consist of. But uh, stay tuned if you are a uh, Disney Plus subscriber. There's going to be some Star Wars stuff. There's going to be some Marvel stuff. And it's going, and I think uh, Jungle Cruise, Shang-Chi, Home Sweet, Home Alone. Not familiar with that. And uh, Boba Fett, Star Wars special, will be showing up on the platform on November 12th. So wow. That's a big day. Big day. That first, that first episode of that Star Wars Visions is fantastic. Yes, I've so seen all nine and um, uh, stay tuned. Uh, hopefully I will be able to podcast about that on my other podcast, which is not part of the Racial Draft uh, Network. Ooh, but uh, ooh, We've got a little bit of a problem. Uh, Home Sweet Home Alone is a remake of Home Alone starring Ellie Kemper. Oh, oh. well, that's no. weird. Noted Isn't she... Is she uh, part of a white, white? Uh... Oh, it's okay. We noted clan princess Ellie Kemper. Yeah. <laughs> yes, yes. Surprised yes. that one's coming out still. Wonder if she's going to get CGI'd like uh, what's his name in the Zack Snyder movie. Well, I'm just going to assume that none of the people in the, in the program are going to be people of color. That's just how yeah. I'm. Yeah. It uh, is a. Uh, it is a homestead, homeland. Home sweet, home sweet, home alone. Yeah, homeland, homeland, home alone. Um, there we yeah. go. Uh, also starring Kenan Thompson. So, uh, nope, not gonna work. Oh, not gonna work. Shots. I gotta say, I, I think Ellie Kemper yeah. basically dodged the whole thing. <laughs> she really did. Like she kind of. Yeah, I, I, yeah. She, she matrixed her way right out of that. Yeah, yeah. She said, you know what? I was a kid and I didn't know, and moving on. And I'm mm -hmm. sorry, that's that. Well, uh, another piece of news. The now highest grossing domestic movie oh. in the pandemic era, Shang-Chi. Yeah. Achieved it this past weekend with 186 million. How do you guys feel knowing that Shang-Chi will be the top grossing domestic movie? 2021. Mm, is it going to be the top grossing domestic movie of 2021? There's still a Spider-Man that's coming out. Yeah, but it's, but it's coming out. But it's coming out in late 2021. Yeah, but it's coming out. Yeah, I don't know if Spider-Man can make. I don't know if Spider-Man can make that in six days or whatever. It, it doesn't is, come out. Days. It doesn't come out December like 23rd. It comes out like come December. Out comes out right before Christmas, like December 17th, maybe something like that. Um, I want to say like 22nd, but yeah, I thought, it was, I thought it was 22nd, 23rd. Too, okay, well, maybe, um, even then, 
even if it's December 17th, I'm not sure if, if, if even Spider-Man is going to top that in, in uh, 14 days. Let's see. But Eternals could be the king or queen, depending on your variation of 2021. I, I'm not sure if, if Shang-Chi is going to hold on to this, but I've, I also have yet to see it. Uh, I have not felt comfortable in theaters. Oh, you're uh, right. It is the 17th. It is the 17th. So it has it has uh, three weeks. Yeah. Two, because you know there's there's, there's it's 14 two. days left in 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 December after it comes out. Yeah. Well, I, I, it's possible. I mean, a Spider-Man movie is going to be huge, and I think every hopefully people will be more comfortable in theaters by then. Um, as all of you unvaccinated people, if you're <laughs> listening to this, you go to hell. But uh, as everybody, everybody who is on who is who needs to get vaccinated, and maybe playing the NBA needs to go out there and get their vaccines. Hopefully, we'll all be in a better place come uh, the Spider-Man movie release. Fair enough. But as of now, yeah, Shang Chi is number one. Yeah, now, granted, like it doesn't have a. Uh, it doesn't have a premiere access, an, an additional hundred or so uh, million dollars in premiere access, like another movie that uh, led to a lot of litigation. But we'll see how it we'll see how it plays out when it's all but said and done. I wonder if there's. I wonder if afterwards, if there's going to be a fight or any argument. I mean, I'm assuming Marvel has cleaned this up, but it's coming to Disney Plus quickly. November, yeah, five days. Yeah, I mean that is that is it's quick. I mean that's that's quicker than I think any of the other Marvel movies have outside of the right Black Widow that would not be maimed. Sure, but that but but again that that was that was part of the 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 new paradigm, which is essentially uh, having um, the the window, making it forty five days instead of ninety days, but no premiere access. Yeah, I mean it. It did well for the bottom line. I'm interested to see well, if if Eternals uh, can can conquer that. I think Eternals has a much better shot than Spider Man, just because of the time constraints. But Spider Man, um, Spider Man will know. probably make more money than Shang Chi and Eternals combined. Yeah, I mean it's Spider Man. We're talking about one of the most yeah. known and recognized characters in the history of comic books. Yeah. And also the best. I love Spider-Man. Oh, yeah. I'm a huge Spider-Man fan. Yeah. Um, so I'm gonna, So we have two stories. One of them is a bigger deal than the other. But one of them is a lot more murky than the other. So I'm going to go ahead and dive into the quick story, the quick and dirty story, which involves Aquaman and the Lost Kingdom. Uh, they cast some characters this past week. Um, none of them are characters that got drafted, so there are no bonus points to be available. Um, but uh, there were there was a character named Stingray, who is a wholly original character. There's a character named uh, Karshon, who was originally a Green Lantern villain, a mm. shark who developed intelligence and telepathic powers after being hit with radiation. And then there is Atlan 
the ancient ruler of Atlantis who caused the city to sink into the sea. Um, so these characters all got cast. Um, uh, Johnny Ziao, India Moore, and Vincent Regan. And it has also been confirmed that Randall Park, who you might know from WandaVision, will be returning to the role of Stephen Shin, the uh, scientist obsessed with finding the location of Atlantis. So those of you who are out there thinking about doing some supplemental drafting, these are some characters who might show up in the Aquaman movie. Mm. However, here's our big story of the week, which it's gonna be awkward conversation to talk about it, but it involves Marvel comics suing, one might say counter suing, to preserve their intellectual property rights against the claim of copyright termination by uh, the heirs of Stanley, Steve Ditko, and Gene Collard. Yeah, I am shocked by this. I mean, Marvel, I don't know what's going on with Marvel lately. With the with the Black Widow thing, with this, like they're mm-hmm. lit- all this litigation getting out is getting sloppy, and it's it's not it's definitely not the Disney way, and it's definitely not the uh, the Marvel way thus far. So I I am very surprised that they have not been able to solve these things in house. Hmm. Well, I would say that these are these are big lawsuits that weren't going to be like. This, these specific ones were, were always going to be um, harder to resolve in-house. It's just that right now we're in this in an era where we're very uh, we're paying attention to the nuances, the intricacies of of a lawsuit, which could take you know years to resolve themselves. But you know, it's clicks, it's hits, it's attention. Uh, you know following it through the through the ups and downs in a way that um, I'm not sure that every media outlet knows how to cover it. Um, I think that I think that it's highly I mean so again I'll, I'll take a step back. Uh, Carlos, you have a take on, on, on the litigation? Um, other than to say I think it's really weird to see all these people simping for a giant mega corporation. Um, I think it's really weird to be like, oh, I hope I hope Ditko's family doesn't get a dime because mm-hmm. I want more Spider-Man movies. Like, are you like listen yeah. to yourself? Like, that's fucking yeah. weird. Um, yeah. I mean, but I also think that that's a, I think that's a function of how it's been covered. Yes, you know? I agree. Yes, like the, the idea that people think that there's anything at stake here in terms of right. content—that's not what's going to happen. Yeah, I think that I think that if you you frame it as if if uh, the dick goes when, then we won't get another Spider-Man movie. I think that that's the reason that you get that kind of reaction out of people. Yeah. You know, whereas if you're just saying, oh, this is a procedural dispute involving the ability to um, potentially get a bigger share of the royalties in these characters, I think you'll, I think there are a lot more people who would feel less invested in the outcome of yes. of the litigation 
Because the truth is, look, look, I'm not a Ditko family member, right? Like, if if he gets, sorry, if his estate gets ten million extra dollars, like, doesn't affect me at all. But if, but if his, but if his estate getting ten million extra dollars means that we're less likely to get another Spider-Man movie, then I am affected, and therefore. I'm staked in in one outcome over another, and I think that that's where I think that that's where people are in terms of their fandom. I disagree. I really think that people are doing exactly what Carlos originally said that they're just simping for Marvel and Disney. I mean, I've had arguments and discussions with people where they don't say that Disney is an evil corporation that they they don't do bad things. It, it's just not true. I mean, it's it's not. I mean, there are people out there who say that what if has been good. These people are insane. <laughs> no, but here's the thing. I mean, you know, we've we've talked about this before. I guess we'll have it. I guess we'll have this discussion online uh, on the podcast rather than off the podcast. I think that I think that it's easy to say um, like a corporation is evil. But, but there are a lot of evil corporations out there. Like there are a lot of evil corporations out there. Um, I think that I think that for most people, if they're not, if the quote unquote evil isn't affecting their lives, they're looking at it from like what the corporation does bring to their lives. You know, mm-hmm. if they're if they're like, you know. When, when you think of like a utility company or insurance company or, you know, a or even an employer, like a major employer, like Amazon, you can say, well, this corporation is having an effect on my life that I find to be pernicious. But I think when we're talking about pop culture and media, I think it's I think it's harder for people to say that that there's anything wrong with a good, a, a, like, sorry, a, a corporation that provides media that we like, um, separating that from, from other things that business practices that we might not ordinarily side with. You know, I think that, it, I think that when we're talking about like a car company or an airplane company or like a, you know, something that, that, that we can point to that's to say that well, these people are being harmed uh, either uh, environmentally or, or socially. Like, I think that when it comes to people just wanting their entertainment, it's easy to say that this company making an additional profit because their entertainment is good, it doesn't feel like, like it's harming people to the same extent right. that it feels like it's harming people when Walmart comes to your city and shuts down all these different businesses. Yeah. And that, uh, it's just one of those things that like that uh, when we've had, like you said, offline, we've had a few of these discussions. It's one of those things that I, I can deal with. Like I can, it's okay that entertainment that I like is made by a corporation that I don't support. I can live with that because I'm not going to strip myself of that joy just because Disney treats workers like garbage. Yeah. Um, but 
I'm also not going to ignore it and just say that. Right. Well, hope hope the dickos get killed. I don't. I hope every creator no, gets killed. Yeah. Yeah, took, but but, but what I'm but what I'm saying is that like and and I I'm sorry to cut you off too much, yeah. but like you know I think that I think that it's easier to say part of I mean and, and this is my perspective. Sorry, listeners, if you disagree, you know my perspective is that there are a lot of companies that engage in similar business practices to Disney, but but Disney is very successful and and it's it and it makes them a an attractive target because when a company like time warner does it we're already conditioned to just kind of think that or comcast or whatever well comcast already is tied to like a totally different business that we have no respect for you know like when like we can ship we separate out the fact that we don't like Comcast or Time Warner or um, what's the other one or Viacom based on the fact that we just kind of have these other businesses that we don't support. Whereas Disney doesn't do those other things. Mm-hmm. They, they're just for the most part, a content provider. You know, they have their, they have their um, what's his name? They have their theme parks, and they have and they have that. But but I think it's easier for us to say, oh, uh, fuck Time Warner Cable, or fuck Comcast Cable. But that those business practices fund their entertainment enterprise. Right. I think with Disney, you have people who are like, yeah, but but I like Star Wars. You know, I like Marvel. I don't want that to go away. But I think that a lot of these, these, these companies benefit from the, the laws being fa- in general favored Fave. towards like yeah. favored towards big corporations. I mean written they're by big corporations. <laughs> what did you say? I said written by big corporations. Sure. Yeah. You know. They- there's a reason that we talk about the coverage all slanting one way. And it isn't, it isn't because that is the actual story. It's because Disney's owns a third of the media in America. I mean, it is what it is, but I'm excited for Spider-Man. So, you know, <laughs> I, I understand it. It's one of those things that a lot of people would rather just not think about. And I don't, I don't begrudge anybody that yeah. because well, that's uh, the thing. Like, well, that's what I'm saying. I don't know that it's people not wanting to think about it. I just think that it's kind of like when you compare like the media in terms of discussions of what's happening in the real world, you know, politics, um, news, um, like business, you know, like I think that, I think that a lot of people look at, what Disney does from like a pure entertainment standpoint Mm -hmm. and then compare it to like Fox news, for instance, or CNN. And they're like, well, those are not, they're both media, but, but one is actively doing social harm. And one is just like what I watch on a Tuesday afternoon when I want to decompress after a long day at work. Yeah. 
is it is it more evil to <laughs> it's a weird question is it more evil to be pushing the evil or to just be ubiquitous and not telling the truth i mean i think the former i think pushing for the evil is evil <laughs> i don't know man i i'd rather i like i like my evil with a big uh, e on their chest so mm-hmm. i can easily know who they are instead of being you know abc's uh friday night lineup Right. I mean, no, I, 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 if you were to ask the average person of color if they prefer things the way they were before the last president came and all of the races came out of the woodwork and were emboldened, or the way it's been the last five years where it's like, oh, now we see you and we know who you are and who you've always been. I think most people would just prefer, like, yeah, I mean, I always knew you were racist. Just keep it to yourself. You know, I think it's like there, I, I would prefer that than, so I would prefer in this, to use that analogy, I would prefer the media company that's uh, not actively pushing me to the, to the wrong, whatever end, as opposed to the one that, I mean, I find Disney to be more about like, not necessarily pushing you either way, more like just trying to keep you placated and mm-hmm. kind of sedated like if you if you ever watch like a a good morning america for instance which is a disney owned mm-hmm. network you know news show every news story will not every but like easily one out of every four at least will be like it was like something out of a movie and they show a movie clip mm-hmm. to start their news show like to start their news reel like no it's not like Thelma and louise like you know like <laughs> it was this this is a real thing that happened you know like don't compare it to a movie and i think that that's all basically disney and and all of the the conglomerate uh basically just like just keep watching just right. don't don't stop watching and honestly even if you do stop watching chances are you're changing the channel to another channel <laughs> we own so right yeah yeah. And, 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 and that's what makes it tough because like I've said this before, maybe not in these exact words, but it's like if I'm going to be uh, screwed over by my entertainment conglomerate, um, I'd rather be entertained by that same entertainment conglomerate. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. And, and I think that that's where it gets tricky. I can say as, as a fan of the WWE and the Chicago Cubs, it's sort of hard to root for things that uh, are coming from people you don't want to support. But it is something that like, uh, you know, and, I, and like I said, I, I get it. I understand it. I want I want this Spider-Man movie to be great. I'm very excited for it. But it is something that when, when these creator things come up, it just it just breaks my heart that that the world isn't rallying behind the dick goes cause to get money for creators mm-hmm. that you know i mean wait, imagine what the world would be like without steve dicko i mean disney would still be disney but we wouldn't have spider-man we might not have you know the the um, so many different marvel characters yeah. that stem but right but 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 but, I, but and this is where like you know, as someone who has followed Marvel and been a fan of Marvel for, you know, a couple of decades now, like, it's not as if Disney owned Marvel for my entire lifetime. Mm-hmm. You know, there was definitely a time frame where Marvel was in bankruptcy, 
you know, there was a time frame where Marvel could have gone away. That's why and, I went to Sony. Yeah. So, like, part of the, like, these other companies that capitalized on, on Marvel's financial distress, they're not Disney. Like, they didn't, they didn't do with the material what Disney did. So it's hard for me to say that things would have been better if Disney didn't get involved, if Disney didn't swoop in with $4 billion and acquire Marvel, that Marvel would be better off. Right. You know, like Marvel was doing, Marvel was doing the shit that we don't like before Disney was involved. Yeah. So it's not really fair to say it's a Disney issue, you know, it's a it's an industry issue. It's it was across the board. It was how business was being done, and it just so happens that Marvel now, in the last fifteen years, was able to turn its properties into this highly lucrative multimedia enterprise that other companies have not been able to emulate. So, it's not that the business practices changed. It's not that Marvel did anything worse than what DC did. It's just that Marvel was able to take that and turn it into profit in a way that that did that DC or WB or whatever was able to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, the thing about that though is just that this idea that Marvel's not going away. It's long, yeah, not going yeah. away. And I'm not, I mean, I'm not fearful of a bankruptcy anymore. I mean, Marvel was on the right track before Disney purchased them. I mean, I'm sure that, that, you know, because Iron Man came out a year before the purchase. I mean, I'm sure that Disney had feelers and understood what was going on and knew what they, the idea that they were purchasing it. But I also like, I, I think that at this point, Marvel is going to exist with or without Disney. It may be the, one of the most, not the most profitable uh, IP entity in the Disney catalog. I don't know if it makes more money than Star Wars, to be 100% honest. It probably does. It probably, probably does. By this point, yeah. 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 No, you I know, get that. But I guess what I'm saying is that, like, you know, I'm looking at it from the perspective of, and, and you know, maybe it's not right to do it this way, but I'm looking at it from the perspective of the, the litigation is based on stuff that happened before Disney owned Marvel. Yeah. And and if we're saying that that they're entitled to to profits, they would have been entitled to profits before Disney was involved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And yes. <laughs> yes. But but before Disney was involved, those profits weren't there. Well, yeah, that just shows how the the holes in our in our litigation system because there probably were not enough well-paid lawyers willing to take up the case before marvel was worth billions and billions of dollars well isn't this also though like this isn't necessarily an issue of um like royalties it's an issue of can the copyright be canceled or something yeah i mean it's a decent like well, you right, but the right canceled because an individual created it, or was this work for hire and therefore Disney right. owns? It? Well, right, yeah, so, right. so the work, right, exactly, the work for hire 
um, and sorry if this is getting too technical for the listeners, but the work for hire um, um, doctrine is a, is, a, is a powerful aspect of the copyright law, which is essentially that if you're hired for the purpose of creating, then, then the creation isn't yours. Right. You know, um, now if it was, you know, what happened in the Schuster case, um, sorry, the, the not Schuster, the Siegel case with, um, with regard to Superman is that it was a little bit more dicey as to whether they were hired specifically to create Superman or whether there were some other um, things that they created outside of the parameters of their, of their employment. Right. And this was back in the thirties versus, you know, with Marvel in the sixties, everything that the, that the heirs are trying to seek doesn't apply if it's work for hire. Mm-hmm. Like the entire case turns on whether it's work for hire. Now, last time that this came up with Marvel was, I think, Kirby's estate. Yes, right. And they won. They won they the case. Settled, right? Like, well, so here's the thing. The Supreme Court. Right. Yeah. They, they won the case. And then it went to appeal in the Supreme Court. But they weren't sure how it was going to go. So they said. Right. So. I'm around. I think Disney. I mean, this time around, looking at the, the the nature of the court, like it's probably not going right. to go in the pro um, working class way based on the composition of the court. I mean, that said, the composition of the court has been conservative yeah. for as long as I can remember. So, but now it's even more conservative. Yeah, now it's like it's not it's not a slant anymore. It's like yeah. Yeah. Hey, get yeah, off my right head. angle. Yeah. yeah. And, and, you know, and unfortunately, like, I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to side with this court in any capacity, but, but, yeah. but there's bigger fish to fry in terms of um, the policies of the Supreme court. And we've already seen the things that they're loath to get involved in. Like it's, it's highly unlikely that they're going to get involved in, in any kind of activist way to, in, to the benefit of creators. They may also not even take up the case. Like they yeah, exactly. Case. I mean, yeah. but what I'm saying is even if they did take up the case, it's more, if they took up the case, it'd be more likely they would take up the case just to solidify the pro-business stance. So, right. so to that end, as, a, as an observer of the court, like I just don't see a way that through the court system, um, the people who are hoping for some kind of um, like outcome that that favors creatives, like I just I don't see that as a as as a likely outcome. No. So again, I don't. It, it's probably why I don't feel the need to hop up and 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 quote unquote you know like simp for cape for you know, the corporation, like they're, they're fine. They're going to be fine. It's, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's all going to, it's, it's all going to work out. And legit, like if, if the, if the outcome was that they had to pay $50 million to the Ditko estate for Spider-Man, they're still going to be fine. Yeah. But they, but, but, right. But, but the thing is, they're not going to do that. They're not you know? going to. Yeah. So they may decide to settle. I mean, they may decide, but yeah. Right. So, so, and so I guess for me, it's more about the fact that I see people getting riled up about it 
Mm-hmm. And, and that, that emotional um, energy of being riled up about something that's ultimately like not going to A, affect our lives realistically, like in any substantial way, but B, even if it like went to some kind of major litigation is probably not going to resolve itself in a way that makes us happy. I'd yeah, rather, I expect, honestly, like if it went to the Supreme Court, I would literally expect something like eight to one, if not nine to zero. Like it, this yeah. seems pretty clear cut that the laws suck. And that's what, you know, it's, you know there, there's just no protection there for the Ditko's uh, at all. I don't know. I don't remember the other families that are involved. Yeah. But, you know, that's why, again, in these conversations we've had offline, it's like, yeah, I know legally Disney doesn't owe anybody anything on these work for hires. It's just like personally, ethically, just pay them some money and yeah. let, you know, and it's a good, it would be a, such a, a show of good faith to be like, we gave the Ditko's this and we, you know, we yeah. settled. Right. I hear that. But unfortunately, you know, every time, I mean, well, I don't say every time. But many times, you know, you see these companies kind of do these, like we, we're not obligated to do it, but we'll like throw a little bit of money your way. Yeah. And it kind of turns into like a, a PR, I won't say nightmare, but like a ne- like negative PR. Well, when it's yeah. like, we are not obligated to do it. So here's $5,000, by the way, we're a multi-billion dollar operation, you know. Yeah, I get that, but it's still five thousand dollars. They're not obligated to give. It's like it, that's that's the knock of it's like if your job was like, hey, we're not we're not obligated to give you a bonus, but you know, here's five thousand dollars. Like if I gave seventy eight cents to a homeless person today, mm-hmm. it is nothing to brag about. Right. Even though I was not obligated to give him seventy eight cents. Agreed. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, yeah. you do. You know exactly what I'm saying. But like, right. it, but what it, I'm saying is, that if you so did, but if you here's the thing, but if you did give seventy eight cents to a homeless person, and then tomorrow there was an article about how you only gave seventy eight cents to a homeless person, you'd be like, but, but I didn't have to give him anything. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, that, like, and that's that's where it gets tricky. You know, I mean, except that, you know, you own the places that would be putting out those articles. So they would probably laud you for giving out 78 cents and drowned out any uh, mm-hmm. negative. But that's, you know, no, no, no. What I'm saying there. is, no, no, here's the thing. It like I hear what you're saying. And, and, and I would I would I would be extra likely to shit on the people who praise you for giving 78 cents to the homeless person, you know, but I just think it's not. I think it's a little disingenuous to to like shit on the people, you know, for doing something that they don't have to do. You know what I mean? Like, I feel like it's you don't have to praise them, but you also don't have to shit on. Listen, in honor of White Week this week, (laughs) I actually bought I actually bought a homeless person dinner tonight. I bought a year on fries, but you don't hear me crooning about it. But I am because (laughs) I'm saying it now. And that's and and that's and that's the same thing that I I I I understand where Disney is here where if they do anything if they if they if they give the whatever amount of money it is that will be nothing to them and then talk about it it's it's bad on them if they don't give it it's bad on them 
I just don't understand why they have bothered with this. There, there's a settlement number out there that would have shut the Ditko family up that is that will not affect Disney's bottom line by more than a actually maybe, maybe a half a percentage point. And that could have just shut this up. And I don't understand why they didn't do it. It just doesn't well, make any sense to me. Well, I, I can tell you as an attorney that a lot of the times, um, if you can't get confidentiality out of the people you settle with, you won't settle because that will attract more people. Mm-hmm. Add more, you add more money for the NDA. Come on. We're, we're still not getting into a, a percentage point of, of Marvel's gross. No, but that's what I'm saying. Like, you have to get the NBA first. Yeah. Like, you can't just give them the money and then give them the opportunity to like talk about how much money you gave them because then other people will pop up out of the woodwork and yeah. and seek the same kind of deal. Yeah, like apparently they gave, you know, supposedly the rumors are the Kirby family got like $10 million. That's a nice amount. Yeah. I would be like, hey, you're get, you're getting the Kirby deal. But that's the thing. If the Kirby people uh, are not allowed to confirm nor deny, then then that's to Disney's benefit. Because if they were out there saying like, hey, guys, we got ten million dollars. Why do the Kirby people have to sound like this? (laughs) (laughs) It's us, the Kirby clan. (laughs) All of a sudden, you you turn turn Kirby into one of the Muppets. I'm just saying $10 million and hear what my voice sounds like. (laughs) Right. My my voice is going to go up an octave. We got $10 million too. (laughs) I will also vaguely sound like Gomer Pyle. (laughs) Surprise, surprise, surprise. But yeah, I mean, it's it's, it's like we were talking about the other day, you know, a couple weeks back with with Scarlett Johansson, like how I assumed that this case is going to end in a settlement, but it's going to end in a confidential settlement because... Mm -hmm when the dollar amounts go flying around it gives you know people like me more of an incentive to tell my client that they should sue yeah. you know but if the, the the amount of money is murky then i might go yeah i don't know it might not be worth it yeah oh, oh, what a what a what a world we live in I just, yeah, I, you know, like to me, I know this is not going to end well, 98% chance. This doesn't end well for the creator's families. And that's, you know, like ultimately that's the law and it sucks. There's really not much you can do about it. Um, Disney is under no obligation to make this right. You know, they're just under the, under the obligations of the law. It's just, so creepy to me when people are just like siding with major corporations over people it's just very that's like really in any walk of life it's just Mm -hmm. very strange to me when people side with corporations over people it's just yeah no i get that and the thing is like you know like i was saying before i think that when i think that when you are doing it on some sort of like vague principle Mm-hmm. it's a little harder to fathom than when it's it's person over here that I don't have any, you know, af- affection for, or even more than that, because it's a family. It's not even like actual Steve Ditko, you know, like it's Steve Ditko's estate, you know, versus this company that's pumping out a product that I like, you know, I think that in that, in that sense, 
I understand why people were like, is this going to affect my, my, uh, my content? Is this going to, you know, stop me from, from getting some shit that I enjoy? The same way that when someone like you occasionally hear a news story where they're like, do you like uh, Big Macs? You know, um, this new regulation might lead to your Big Mac being a dollar more expensive. And, yeah. you know, people are like, oh, I don't know. I mean, I like my Big Mac at $2.99. I don't know if I want to pay $3.99 for a Big Mac. You know, fuck the regulations. <laughs> you know? I mean, it's but like... All, you know, of, but all of the workers could get health care <laughs> if you're only willing to pay an extra dollar for your Big Mac. <laughs> I actually think it's 14 cents. I think that was the number. Yeah. But, um, right. but uh, yeah, it's, it's, you know, like, when I want, you know, I don't have a huge connection to most sports. But like NFL player X is holding out for more money. I am never mad at NFL player X. Like get your money. Agreed. Agreed. Like, and in like, and, and like it, you know, and, and, and that's, you know, I'm not connected. I have no emotional connection to the NFL in the NBA, which I love if the bulls overpay a player such that now they can't make other moves that I, you know, would want them to make. I'm not mad at the player for getting overpaid. I'm mad at the bulls. I just don't right. understand. Like, I, I just don't get, the, the but the, but but what's weird is that like i i'm i'm generally like i generally agree with you but like every now and then in, in, in the sports context you know like generally speaking i'm i'm on the side of the player but every now and then in the sports context i'm like fuck my team can't you know can't sign this player because they're over the salary cap mm-hmm. you know like which the salary cap is just completely made up an arbitrary thing that like you know, kind of fucks over the player. Um, I don't even think kind of. It's an arbitrary thing that keeps millionaire or billionaires from outspending each other. From anyway, this this turn this turn yeah. this turn hard left here. No, but but, but but it's fine. I mean, because you know, this is this is relevant to the conversation that we're having because this is these are all examples of when regular people do side with. Um, management over labor right and I think that that's you know unfortunately in society that's a big um, factor in why why labor is at a disadvantage because part of how the media presents these stories is that it positions this thing that you like versus this person getting compensated right and if you if you took away the risk of this thing you like being adversely affected, people will be more likely to side with the um, labor, mm-hmm. you know? And, you know, we have to be careful that, like, you know, I, I wanna be sort of careful in both instances, but I get it that, you know, I'm, this is just me in my sort of orientation around like, not manipulating people through the media but at the same time i definitely know that more more often than not media manipulates people towards the pro business side excuse me and you know and i'm trying not to reflexively like be on the pro business side even though i do acknowledge that from a from like an ip perspective there are advantages to uh, shared IP, 
like we've talked about this when we talk about shared universes, you know, like there, there's an advantage to a company that has millions of, or sorry, not millions, thousands of, of properties um, in its IP portfolio yeah. to manage it collectively rather than to have a, a thousand different IP owners trying to jockey for position. Yeah. Yeah. You know, but, but be it, but be that as it may, that doesn't mean that I don't, that I don't want um, creatives to be compensated. It just means that I don't want their compensation to create a, a, uh, a morass of, of transactions costs that will make it impossible for, for business to get done. I mean, yeah, bringing it back to sports, like in mm -hmm. video games, in the 90s and 2000s, you just didn't get Michael Jordan in video games because he was like, you don't own this IP. Right. I own this IP. And uh, sure, so as a Bulls fan growing up in Chicago, it's mm -hmm. like, oh, I guess I get player <laughs> he wouldn't even be player 23 he was like he no. was like he was no. like i think it was like player level like 62 or something they, yeah yeah it used to be like, like nba live would do it kind of cute and it'd be like whatever year if it was mm -hmm. nba live 95 the player won number 95 or whatever but uh you know obviously that they'd, listen at, they'd listen at small forward instead of shooting guard <laughs> right and he always had hair they made sure <laughs> yeah he had hair. right um, but but somehow if you if you edited him and took away the hair, he looked exactly like this one yeah. guy that played basketball. Yeah, NBA right. Live '95. You could enter in any yeah. player name, and and yeah, and that's the thing. Like even even then, it's not like I wanted Michael Jordan to not get paid anything. It's not like I wanted them to just swoop in and be like, "No, you can't do that." You know, it was just more like, "Hey, is there a way that you know Michael Jordan can get paid and we can still get Michael Jordan in the game? Like, is, is there a compromise that can be reached somewhere? You know, somewhere?" Yeah, yeah. The I, fact that Michael Jordan isn't in, in isn't in NBA Jam is still sort of insane. Mm -hmm. You know, but that is the world that we live in. Yeah, I, I and you know, it's obviously in entertainment. It, it seems less. Um, less uh, uh important i guess but this happens when there's like teacher strikes mm -hmm. or my wife is a nurse when there's a nurse's strike so, oh you guys just want more money i was like well actually they want to not have to look at seven patients at a time you know like right. there are other things but the media will push things out and and you're right like things do tend to be slanted toward like pro business pro management and this it just kind of gives me this weird like eerie feeling when I see people out there like why are we even messing with Disney how dare right. they you know like right. it, it just it's just no, no, I, yeah I agree and the thing is like and, and like I said like I try to I try to separate out the because I do think and we've talked about this before but I do think that there's a sense that Disney is like is wrong in every situation, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. and and if it was a different company than Disney, people would be more likely to to consider the the merits and the nuances. Mm -hmm. But they, but they, it's like Disney is successful. Disney makes billions of dollars, but so they can just pay. Disney is a part of everyone's childhood, you know. 
but it's but it's easy to say Disney can pay, but it's the question isn't should Disney pay? The question is always how much should Disney pay? Mm-hmm. You know, like even going back to the Scarlett Johansson thing, it's like some people would be like, yeah, just pay her her money. And then people were like, well, Scarlett Johansson wants $100 million. People were like, oh, well, that's a lot of money. <laughs> so, well, but, but, but if you think, if, you, if, if your reflexive reaction is Disney should pay, then the $100 million is money that you think they should pay. But if you don't think that's what they should pay, then there's litigation. Like $100 million versus $40 million. There's a whole $60 million in there that is worth it for them to litigate about. Right. And apparently the $100 million was like, this is their starting position. This is yeah. the number they knew they weren't going to get. But Disney was sure as hell to put that out. Like, she's already been paid $20 million and now she wants this mm-hmm. on top of it. And like that day, there were people, like I saw people on Facebook and on uh, Twitter just being like, wow, she's she's really greedy. And like, oh, they did their job. PR, the PR team right. did exactly what they were hired to do because now yeah. you are caping for Disney. Yeah. And again, like I look at it as, well, obviously Disney wants to pay nothing more than what their contract said. Right. And, and, and her side wants to get the highest amount that they can get. Right. And, and that's why they litigate. Like they try to figure out like how to, you know, use where the law is to get them the most favorable eventual, ultimately eventual settlement. Mm-hmm. You know, so yeah. when I see people get like really riled up into their feelings about it, when it's not their money, mm-hmm. one way or the other, right? I'm like, I don't know. Do you really want to do that? Like, like I could see if you were entitled to a cut, but but you're just gonna like get all you're gonna get disappointed at the end of the day because like. At, when Scarlett gets her check, she's not going to come through and be like, thank you for all the people who tweeted their support. You know, right. uh, here's some money for your favorite charity. Like, right. She's going to be like, thank you. I'm now going to um, fund a, a movie where I get to play a person of color. <laughs> <laughs> I was the best tweet I saw this week. Uh, they were talking about how Shang-Chi had passed uh, Black Widow as the number one movie in the pandemic. And somebody was like, we got to stop putting these Asian, Asian battles out, you know? <laughs> nice. Yeah. Nice. I feel like that's the best place to leave it at. Like, yeah. you know, um, you know, Gordy as uh, the, the grand, the grand master of, of white week. Um, <laughs> do you have any, any, any final uh, Caucasian thoughts for us? I uh, I would just want to warn Randy that Shuri, played by Ellie Kemper, is definitely on the docket, uh, and he may need to uh, to stop me for myself. Whew. that is that is scary. That is scary. Um, the gauntlet has been down. Man, that's rough. Well, shout out to the other delegations who are not being targeted <laughs> by the white delegation and uh, are doing their best to stay off the radar because 
this is it's looking scary out there for sure oh <laughs> uh, listen it's all been fun white week's been a joy for everybody i was happy to finally partake in the draft i it was it was getting sort of lonely with bruce <laughs> hank pym it is, it is very white of you to assume that it has been a joy for everybody <laughs> exactly a joy for everyone exactly nobody's ever had I, go ahead. I, I, I was going to say something that should not be said. <laughs> oh, I'm glad that I glad that I saved you from yourself. Um, but listeners, uh, I know this was a somewhat long show, but I hope you you stayed with us for the ride. I hope you'll join us for next week when we will do a shorter show and we will start be start giving you uh, scoring recaps for the FCL scoring and we can find out um, who will be the first place team the end of the first week of the scoring. Uh, will, will the Latinx allegation uh, hold the lead from, um, you know, from, from the beginning of what's, what's the, what's the term from, from wire to wire? Um, will, will we see, will we see the wire to wire victory or will some other delegations get in there and get some wins? Uh, I'm very curious to see how it plays out. Mike's put all the. I'm excited to scrap this year because we don't have Bruce Wayne, so it's not going to be. We don't have 78% of DC's output on on our team this year, so I'm excited. I'm excited for the scraps, but uh, you know Ben Riley, you know. Yeah, that is true. Uh, That's happening in October, though. It's it's a couple weeks off. Yeah. So there's a a slight window in there for some some other delegations to get in there score some points. Come on, so. Captain America Infinity Comics. Mm. Speaking of which, are you are you still reading these Infinity Comics? I'm only reading Jeff. It's Jeff. Jeff the Landshark. Because it is beautiful and adorable. And like, like I, these should be shorts on Disney Plus. Mm. Honestly, I think Disney is like Marvel is sitting on the next, you know, baby Groot, baby Yoda with this Jeff thing. And, and, it's only a matter of time. In the next 10 years, people will have, I will buy a Jeff the Landshark plushie for my kid, you know? Yeah, I mean, I think there's a Jeff the Landshark plushie right now, so you might want to get ahead on the curve. Let's uh, do it. I got to go. Yeah. But um, that's probably where we'll leave it. Gordy, final, do you, do you want Do you want to say, give your final pontification before we, we shut it down? White Batman is coming for all of you, and he's going to be in every book that's ever made by DC. <laughs> if you get if you get a good idea at DC, you go, hey, I want to make this time traveling uh, scientist that goes back to cure diseases before they become problems. And they DC goes, yeah. So how are you going to put Batman in it? And that <laughs> is the proper way for DC to look at all of their books. I'm sir, sorry, sir. White Batman is just called Batman. <laughs> it's a british batman all right random brit batman well that's where we'll leave it listeners so until if, next time oh if jeff the land shark was a dc character he'd have run into batman already uh he'd be jeff the bat shark that's very clear um <laughs> yes bat <yeah>. the bat bat <laughs> <laughs> So until next time, all things are possible.